As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinion. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. I'm going to read a quick review from our reviewer of the week, and then we're going to jump into this episode. I'll tell you why it's going to be amazing in a moment. Our listener that left a review is Champagne Mommy 10, which I feel is extremely appropriate for a pregnant mom. She says, a must-have listen for all mamas. Hello there. I am 30 weeks along and just came across this podcast about two weeks ago. Since then, I've listened to about 70% of the content, which is kind of crazy because that is a lot of content for you to be listening to. Way to go. And could not be happier I have found this podcast. Since finding out that I have been pregnant, I have been on a mission to be informed and find the best information out there about pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and parenting. I refuse to accept the answer that it's just the way it's always been. This podcast has been extremely helpful in breaking down some common topics that I still have had questions on or wanted a different point of view. I found the episodes to be easy to listen to, very informative, and super fun, and find myself literally laughing out loud at the goofiness of Stephanie and previously Courtney. I'm in my 30s. Guys, this is why I picked this review. Just hold on. I'm in my 30s, but I have a niece who is also due just two weeks after me in her 20s. I have highly recommended this podcast to her so she can feel just as informed as I do. I am preparing for a hospital birth, but thanks to this podcast, I feel empowered and renewed that I have a voice and can be an advocate in my own birth space. Even though I have hired a doula, this podcast has not only affirmed that decision for me, but created a better partnership between she and I, as we both have a clear vision on my birth plan. Cannot thank you enough for the content you keep putting out. Keep it coming. Thank you so much for your review. I'm glad that some of you guys think that I'm funny because I think I'm funny sometimes too. And this week, I really hope you guys laugh along with me. So a little bit of background here. Right before this episode happened, I had somebody cancel an interview with me, which is totally fine because apparently I hired the best editing crew ever 
and they jumped in (laughs) uh, to help me with this episode. So I'm going to ask a bunch of incredible editing guys that hang out in the background a bunch of questions about birth, and it's going to be a good conversation. (laughs) So enter Corbin. Hi, Corbin. How's it going? (laughs) Good. So excited you're here. Thank you for stepping up. I really appreciate it. You know, it was it was honestly a joke when I said it <laughs> on the couch. Um, you said I heard that someone had canceled the interview, and so I had accidentally like almost fallen asleep over there mm-hmm. on the couch, and I woke up and said, "You can interview me." And so here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it was actually going to happen, but here we are. I actually kind of love this because one of the things I think that moms come to me a lot, and they're like. I really want to take this birth course or I'm learning about all these pregnancy and birth things, but it's really hard to get my husband or birth partner on board. Right. And that's true because men don't know anything about birth until they typically, until they get somebody pregnant. Right. And then it's like, Oh crap. Now I got to learn stuff. And it's a little late then. Yeah. Pay attention to to my lady. Um, anyways, so I, I have to like preface this with, I really wasn't thinking when I decided to bring this podcast into a birth, not a birth, into a podcast studio, what that was going to look like. Let me explain. When Courtney and I started podcasting together, we did it very privately alone and talked very comfortably about all the private personal things that happened during pregnancy and birth. And then we came to a studio and had to have those same conversations in front of men and then had to have them edit our conversations. And all of a sudden it became a little less comfortable. So I kind of like the idea of you guys don't necessarily know anything, although I'm curious and I'm going to ask you, but you do know now. I know a lot more now. Edit the podcast. <laughs> more than I ever thought I would. <laughs> but I kind of love that idea. So we're going to start with how many of you editors that are hanging out with me right now have children? Okay. <laughs> None. <laughs> so I have to I have to wonder too then, did Jonathan or maybe one of the other editors when you guys took on the content, did anyone give you a warning? Like here's edit this one. No. <laughs> I was the first one actually to start editing podcasts and I had no idea. All he said <laughs> all he said to me was, You're gonna learn a lot about birth. So <laughs> that was it. about my, my that's, that's exactly what he told me. <laughs> He's like, It's gonna be uncomfortable at times, but just do it. <laughs> I wasn't told anything. My first time, my first time editing it, I was—I don't even remember who told me to. I just ended up editing it, and then it was the episode about mucus plugs. Nice. <laughs> Actually, so what? Tell me what a mucus plug is. Um, it's a plug it's made of mucus, <laughs> as far as I understand, and it stops the fluid from coming out. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's a protectant. It's yeah. Protectant. Kind of like. Pulls that cervix nice and if tight. If it's green or stinks, then it's infected. <laughs> right? Yes. So, it, yeah, if it's a funny color, then call your provider. Which sounds horribly disgusting. I mean, it's no different than sneezing, just from True. a different orifice. You know. I never thought about it like that, but you're right. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. Um, tell me what you knew about birth before you started editing. Um, really next to nothing other than you could go at, go at it the normal way. Or a C-section. I knew that some people did like home births, or like in water pools. Okay. I heard of before. Where did you hear that? I'm curious. I don't even know. I'm like honest. thinking Just, of the office. That, probably, right. it's probably some yeah. form of joke. Is okay. The only way I found out about it. Love it. How about you guys? What did you uh, know about birth before editing? Basically, that you'd show up at the hospital without a kid, and then you'd leave with a kid. So <laughs> you're not alone. I'd say that's what the majority of people think happens so i love it 
different? Honestly, not much. Uh, we were joking before, but our only experience with birth really is our own birth, and we have no idea what happens. So. <laughs> yeah, I was born at a pretty young age. I, don't <laughs> I was born at a pretty young age. <laughs> I don't remember much from it. <laughs> okay, has it in any way, have you learned something editing these podcasts or listening to me talk about birth on here? Do you feel like you yeah. could have a conversation about birth comfortably, even with a provider? Like, say, for a future spouse or loved one. I, I think I already know more about birth than my sister at this point because she doesn't really know much either. Yeah. But I don't know. Hearing all of it has definitely made me want to do something different for my wife than just, like, throw her in the hospital as soon as her water breaks. Because it always seemed to me like that was, like, an emergency situation right. whenever the water breaks. In the movies, it's always, like, super dramatic. Yep. It's like, emergency, the baby's coming out in three seconds. You have to go to the hospital yes. now. <laughs> I guess that's not how it is. Yeah, I love it. How about you guys? Super curious about that. Uh, I, I've I've had full on conversations with my mom now. Like, really? She asked me like what I did at work, and I was like, I edited a podcast today about birth, and she's like, Oh, how how comfortable was that? I was like, It's kind of weird, <laughs> but like, I feel like I could, I feel like I have a little bit more knowledge that I'm more comfortable. Like when the time comes, I could have a kid, like know what to expect and what to have ready. I didn't know you'd have to have like a bag before the hospital, like a to-go bag, ready to go. Like I had no idea that was a thing until this podcast. So. I love it. Um, no okay. pressure. Now you're good. So my, I guess the thing that I've learned or realized the most from editing is that there's a lot more prep that goes into a podcast than, or not a podcast. I was going to say, yeah, well, this is, that's good. Bring podcast. it back to birth. <laughs> birth. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Sorry. See, that's where our brain's at. Um, <laughs> no, um, we have, a, there's a lot more prep into a birth, a lot farther in advance than the day of I realized like in my mind yeah. I thought it would just show up like Dallin was saying but I realized that there's a lot of planning preparation and then trying to stick to that plan as best as possible and it doesn't always go to plan which obviously you've talked a lot about um, but I think that for me it's recognizing that because I am married when that time comes that I can find out with her what we need to do immediately as soon as we find out yeah. what she's expecting so that's something that I think is kind of cool I love it so the number one thing that I hear from men who take birth courses, it well, there's two. One, she made me, right? And two, I didn't know that I didn't know. And that is really real. And I think it's the same for women too. I think because we're the ones carrying the babies, we have a deep desire to know. We want to know a little bit more about this baby and the process and all of that. Or maybe somebody's had like a not good experience and they don't want that to be the case anymore. They thought, you know, oh, I thought you'd just show up at the birth provider's place and then have this baby and they had something that didn't go right and they're like wait I didn't know I had a say on some of these things or that didn't feel right to me so then they come back to that but I think if you have time effort energy knowledge prior um, doing all that birth prep before you go in you're going to feel a little more comfortable and instead of feeling like that provider has all the say I don't think it should ever feel that way right like we hire them we're the consumer. We get to tell them we like this, we don't. And we tell them by either coming back to them or finding a new one, right? So I think that's really important. Um, thank you guys for sharing that. That's really excellent. I, um, Anyways, I, I love that, like, just hearing stuff even, right? Like, you're not using it for your own pregnancy yet. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I don't get pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not in the plans, but, you know, you never know. Yeah. But it's, anyways, that's really awesome. Okay, I have to ask then, tell me something that you thought was, like, 
super funny or like made you so uncomfortable when you were listening and editing? As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Mm. I mean, I don't really get uncomfortable with things like this. Like, I don't know, my parents... My dad and my sister are in the medical field, so I hear about disgusting stuff all the time. So birth um, is disgusting. No. <laughs> well, parts of it were kind of... I didn't know, all right? That's fine. Um, but I honestly just found it more intriguing. Awesome. But just like how much more there is to it was really surprising to me. It, was, it never really was super uncomfortable. Okay, actually... <laughs> <laughs> something that was like, uncomfortable. Okay, I just remembered. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it was actually in our conversation about funny ads. How if something I can't remember what makes it happen, but basically women will end up with one hole instead of three. That was uncomfortable. <laughs> That's the worst one. Out of That's everything like I've heard. Doing an excellent, like taking an excellent birth course and doing daily exercises that help stretch that area and being in a good position when you give birth and not having an epidural. That's how that helps prevent yeah, what you were talking about. Awful. Right. He's talking about a fourth degree tear where it tears from the base of the vagina all the way through to the rectum, and it is a very difficult, very long, strenuous possible. recovery. <laughs> yeah, it's intense. <laughs> Top that, guys. <laughs> Dallas' face right now is priceless. <laughs> Please pan to Dallas. <laughs> that's just, that's, uh, uh. Did you guys have anything? You're like, oh, that definitely stood out. I will never forget that fact. Dallas, you got one. Go. The first episode, I remember the first episode I edited was talking about, it's even uncomfortable for me to even say this term, but vaginal tearing was. It was so awkward. I was like, so there, I was like, oh my gosh, like, am I even supposed to be editing this? Like, is this, is I'm this not something like, to edit this. yeah, I was like, I was like, I don't feel old enough. Like, I feel like I shouldn't be knowing this stuff right now. Like, it just, it just, it was, that was probably one of the most awkward. And then uh, the second episode I edited was you with your husband. And that one was, that one wasn't as awkward. I think it was, I think it was more like comfortable for me because he's also a guy. A guy yeah. And, so, I mean, some of the stuff that you guys are talking about, I was like, how does he sit through that? Like, and just without like trying to keep serious and stuff, like there's no way I could like oh do it. God. But that was probably one of the most awkward episodes I've, for being the first one. That was, that I love was that they threw you that one for your first one. Yeah. Also great introduction for us. Yeah. Right? yeah. Great. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I think mine was just, my first episode was on dilation. And nice. I, I remember it was you and Courtney because I, I think that was like one of my first episodes editing. And I just remember I'm like, I didn't realize, first off, that 
that grew the first off the word vagina was also another one like i just i could not grasp you didn't know what a vagina was i didn't ever throw that word around yeah i never threw that word around ever oh okay um well welcome welcome to the birth world um, now i just it's like i hear it and i just kind of like shrug my shoulders like okay that's just yeah it's birth course you know like um oh bird but first off i did not realize that they could open that big like that was just something that blew my mind and i think and you were even talking about it you're like all the husbands are just like, is that ever gonna go back down to right. like, you know, I, was like, I was like, ugh. Just throw it in the dryer, maybe it'll shrink. No. It does. It does go back to size. <laughs> yeah, that was my first one. So. Oh my gosh, I love it. I was gonna say with dilation, every time that I see like a demonstration of like actually how big it is, it shocks me. Like every yeah. single time, even though I know. Yeah. Okay. So like, here's the thing about dilation and the vagina, since we're using big kid words now, but the, the dilation happens inside, right? So we're talking about the cervix, which is inside, like the uterus is a separate organ and it's inside of the vagina. So that's the area that you don't see. Like when they Mm. do a vaginal exam and they're checking how wide things are, that's what they're touching is the cervix. You can't see it. Mm. That's why they have to go inside. So that area gets that big. And then the vaginal canal just kind of, you know, pushes open and creates space and it's a fattier area to allow baby through. So the only time that like whole area gets real big is right at the end when baby is pushing their way through into the world. You are so welcome for that. But yes, it does. It does go back. It is like a fairly intense, like they call it the ring of fire for a reason. Like imagine like you hit that spot and you're like, oh, dang, like it kind of feels like things might separate forever and then you breathe through it a little bit and, and then, then they either do separate forever and then baby makes it through and you can breathe again and of course there's recovery that comes with that but no it's actually very normal <laughs> and i'm with you though like even like right halloween time and we were all looking at i mean maybe you weren't i was looking at like the funny memes that come up of like the pictures of the pumpkins have you yeah, seen these? i saw that exactly. yeah so it's like this is one centimeter they cut into a pumpkin and i'll have to put a picture up um anyways on instagram or whatever when this comes out but they cut into a pumpkin like one centimeter and the hole gets bigger and bigger and bigger and by the end that last pumpkin looks like they are screaming right like and there's a little baby pumpkin inside of it okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah except in this case there would be a big baby pumpkin head like coming through it but yes very very, yeah so good (laughs) glad we all learned something so one thing that i thought was kind of interesting that i didn't know i edited an episode talking about like midwives and stuff and you interviewed somebody from California, from Long Beach. Yeah, and, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. And I did not know that was an option you could have, to like to have them come and help you, like if it was a home birth type thing. I did not know that was a thing. I thought all, I honestly didn't even know home birth was a thing. I was like, who would want to have a baby at their house? Like, no, like there's drugs and stuff at a hospital right. that would take the pain <laughs> away. Like, yeah. So that would like I didn't even know you could do it at home stuff and like. So the person that does my hair is my cousin and she is going to school to become a midwife. And I was like talking to her about this and she thought it was, she was, she thought it was interesting that I'm editing podcasts for this stuff. And we had like a full blown conversation while she was cutting my hair about like midwives and stuff. And I didn't think that it was actually a thing. And then when I started hearing about it, I was like, people actually can make this a career. And then I did my research. Like I Googled it. They make a lot of money. Like they make some pretty good money yeah but you should be a midwife i should be a midwife. <laughs> I'll, I'll come, you can't there up. are male midwives there really are there's a one mid-husband. Uh, a mid-husband. yeah right 
mid-husbandry. Mm. I don't know. But they, you absolutely can. I mean, it's just a provider that's helping a baby out, but in, you know, different training. Yeah, I didn't. So that's didn't. something for you to look into. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> totally. Uh, I'm going to go do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Sorry, I, Jonathan. Yeah, I, I just was, took one of your best editors. To yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was—I thought it was just super interesting that that was a, like an option that you could choose from. Like, so you said it's your cousin. Yeah. Is she studying to become a midwife out of hospital or in hospital? Uh, both, apparently. Really? Yeah. So like That's she excellent. she has she helps like with birth stuff already. Like she has her own—I wouldn't say course or class. She just helps like uh, I don't know how to explain it. She helps with like taking care of the fam, like there's family before, like, oh, okay. like yeah. kids or something. She helps with them, like understand like how to take care of them, what to do with them before or like after, and then love it. Yeah. So, but she she says she's going to school. I didn't think you had to go to school for that either. Like <laughs> I thought you just was like one of those things you kind of just wing and like yeah I want to do oh, this one day. Like, no, we don't wing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I love that. Yeah. yeah there's a, and there's different routes that you can go. So I mean now. I'm, going to educate you guys about midwives but anyways they you can go the like nurse midwife route which is where you go through medical school and you become a registered nurse and then that moves on to midwifery or you can be like a um they call it direct entry where you do just home births and all of your training is done by like hands-on and your own education and you have i mean there's different tests and stuff you can take to make sure that your skills are where they're at but you can and that's like a thing here in utah a lot of the states don't do that and then the other one is they're like a cpm so a certified professional midwife and you can go through like specific schools or different training for that and you get licensure um anyway so there's a couple different routes but i love that you didn't know what what blew my mind about angie was she didn't know she was in medical school she was becoming a registered nurse and they never said it to her. So she was going towards the like labor delivery, that kind of stuff. And they never mentioned it. She had to figure that out on her own with her own Googling, which just blows my mind that like, why aren't you guys talking about this? That's not really fair for women, right? Mm -hmm. Anyways, I love that you, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> Something that I've realized and thought as I've edited the podcast is up until I started learning about it, it was kind of like, imagine like when I do get married and my wife is about to have a child it's always like well that's kind of just like i'm not really part of that that's her you thing know, like she's yeah you know nearly dying struggling <laughs> trying to birth this child and i'm just like how's it going honey like, yeah. are you winning um and like now i know that there's a lot before that point yeah that a husband can do to help and i mean that that's nice that there's a role i can play in it to yeah. help, but yeah i didn't yeah. didn't know any of that before well, and if you don't know that, I think, especially for men, because men tend to be like, you want to fix when there's a problem, right? So like True. your wife is in pain and you feel for her and you love this person. But if you don't know what to do, then you feel like, well, there's nothing I can do. And so a lot of times guys do end up sitting kind of on the sidelines and allowing everyone else to take care of her and wondering like, where's my place? Instead of this being such a like incredible bonding experience where you yeah. have an opportunity to like hands on and tell her you love her and be able to like really support her. And so she feels supported and and you feel like, you know, you get that bonding experience. It's really beautiful. So you're not the sandwich guy. You're, yeah. <laughs> Sandwiches are part of it, though. Let's be okay, see, like, I mean, I'm feed sure the woman. Yeah. True. Yeah. And make sure you're eating yourself, right? Hey, let's ask you guys that. Like, what is dad's role and responsibility? Pregnancy and birth. Pregnancy. Oh, gosh. What's your role? <laughs> Corbin, you go first. You go first. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that um, you guys have edited enough episodes yet. I'm just going to wing it here. Okay. what I think. I think one of the primary responsibilities 
of the husband in all of this is like taking care of all of the talking to people, just anything that she doesn't want to have to deal with. Cause there's a lot of things. You mean like just, advocating for her? Yeah. Or like setting up appointments or like obviously driving to the hospital, whatever it needs to happen. Like in my mind, it makes sense to take away anything that she doesn't specifically have to deal with okay because there are things she has to like the actual birth yeah so any just like any of that overlap just taking the pressure off her her shoulders but i don't really know what that looks like okay it's more of a general thing i like the idea of taking pressure off i'm going to tell you she's probably going to set her own appointments but i think you should be there for them cool you know with minus covid rules right <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh Okay, so one of the things that I was thinking of, well, you said being an advocate, so I think knowing, first off, knowing her plan. Yes. Because I've heard that multiple times, is like making yes. sure that you know her plan and you can stick up for it when it's supposed to be stuck up for. Um, another thing is um, you just need to, I mean, obviously lighten her load. Like whoever, um, there's gonna be things that are gonna come up that are unexpected. And if so, you just need to be there, make sure that you're comforting that's another thing you've talked about a lot in the podcast episodes is making sure you're comforting and that she is okay with what you're saying and everything that she's um, that they're going through and just reassuring making sure everything that she believes that you believe everything's okay because i mm -hmm. feel like that would probably be a big thing right so, i don't yeah. know i think that's kind of like thing. standing as her rock yeah right? yeah mm -hmm. i love that absolutely Ooh, late night craving runs yes <laughs> taco yes. bell at three in the morning <laughs> Ladies, if you are single and listening, there are a couple guys here that know a thing or two about birth and apparently are willing to do late night cravings too. So Talk hit me up. I will give you their number. Um I don't I would I would just say like being there 100 percent Like uh before I got this job, uh my one of my buddies that I worked with before, he uh his wife, like they were expecting their first kid. And I remember like me and him would just be working on a job, like just me and him. And we would have to leave early because he'd have like a baby appointment to be to. And yeah. um, he always had like with him the to-go bag. <laughs> he had that. he had a bag in the work truck and in his car like all the time. And did he take a birth class? No. <laughs> it's all from his wife. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like I don't just like being prepared. Um, for the unexpected, like there's a lot of things he would he would tell me is like I did not expect this to be happening today, or like I did not expect this, like just being prepared for the unexpected in this sort of sense. Like, and another thing is he said, just don't like make plans because those <laughs> things will change immediately. I love it. So good advice for any yeah. mom or dad in pregnancy, right? Yeah. Like I don't know, kind so, of that old adage, like if you want to make God laugh, tell him you have a plan. Like. That works for pregnancy <laughs> yeah. too, right? I mean, yeah. But like that, that, I would just say like being there 24-7, like 100% of the like way, just reassuring. Like I know there's mood swings. That's like probably <laughs> one of the main thing I know about like yeah. that type of stuff. It's not specific like, to birth though. I was like, that, that's not just birth. I know, but like. Let's not but go like, there. But I'm not going to go with it because <laughs> I probably hate the <laughs> But like, like just, just being understanding and stuff and obviously like what Corbin said, the late night craving runs. I love I mean, it. I would do it. Yeah. She's I having, would do that regardless of yeah, I, she's pregnant. <laughs> whether whether she's having a kid or not, I'd still do it. Like, <laughs> I, who knows? I might be craving it too. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I love it. I think one of okay, first of all, like having the knowledge prior to a woman going into labor or like 
even knowing enough to be able to have conversations with her about it is going to be huge because I, especially as first time mom, um, even a mom who hasn't taken a pregnancy course or hasn't met with a provider a ton of times, she's not even going to know necessarily what she needs, what questions to ask, that kind of stuff. And so if you have that knowledge or you're gaining that knowledge with her, she's going to feel a ton more supported and you guys are just going to feel closer together in general. Um, but I think that there are some things and you guys mentioned some of them. And the number one thing is like support, right? Whatever that looks like, more time away from work, not you know scheduling a plan, late night cravings, whatever that looks like. And then when you're talking about something like really preparing together, that could look like doing meditation practice together or relaxation practice or labor rehearsals or hands-on support or offering her massage or reminding her, helping her, not I shouldn't say reminding her because if you tell a pregnant woman like, hey, I don't think you hit your protein today, you know, watch out. But <laughs> if you're like, hey, I got you like this awesome protein shake and this, you know, sweet treat, whatever it is, she's going to be like, oh, he loves me, you know, and you're over there like sweet 125 grams for the day. So there's some things that we can do to like support each other along the way. So, okay, I'm going to say pregnancy. How about birth? Cool. What's your job? Catch. I Catch. <laughs> Oh, okay. It could it. be. I think that the guy should be like 100% educated on what is happening and what shouldn't be happening. Like if you're bleeding out way too much and the doctors are doing nothing, like he should be able to stand up and be like, this isn't right. Yeah. Back to that advocating. Mm -hmm. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, for me, so when my mom, this is like a story that I've heard multiple times. I obviously don't remember it, but when I was born, <laughs> um, my mom was very like she they just couldn't stop her bleeding mm -hmm. and my dad was doing everything he could to support and if i remember correctly at the end of it he was in the bathroom so like literally about to throw up because he just he like he yeah. did everything he could and it and as soon as it was over he was like okay now i can leave <laughs> it was like yeah. he did what he was supposed to and then but at the end it was still like it was very it wasn't obviously hard for him so like he knew what was going on wasn't right but he was still trying yeah. to be the rock so i know for a fact that just pushing through for a guy is still going to be hard too. So yeah. I think it's trying to prepare yourself for the worst, but hope for the best. Like try and find the balance. And I think that's something that. I love it. And like you're talking about with that knowledge, like even, okay, he, maybe he didn't take a birth class, but he's like, this is not normal, but I'm going to stand here. That's huge. Mm. That's huge. I'll tell you, I had an experience. It was one of my first times watching a mom get sewn up after she did have, and it wasn't even a big tear. But I remember the midwife was just talking to her. I'm downstairs looking like head on and the midwife, you know, grabs a chunk of fat and she's like digging this needle into it for the Novocaine, just like to numb her up. So she's not feeling any pain and she's wiggling stuff around or whatever. And I'm like, I'm going to pass out. And so I, you know, look at the mom and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out to the, to the hall real quick and I'll just be right back. She goes, yeah, okay, of course. And I go to the hall and I'm like, I'm going to collapse. Like this doesn't feel right. Like I, sh I did not, you know, and a couple of times later, like now I can stare at that all day long and it's interesting and fun and all that. But but I think that's great advice. Like we put a lot on you guys, you know? Yeah, I'm bleeding out. So, you know, I expect you to stand there and smile at me. You know? <laughs> You're fine. That's a lot of You're pressure. Totally fine. Yeah, don't worry. You yeah. got this. Like. Yeah. But I, like, we don't, we have to remember like, yes, you guys are people too. Like, you know, it's, it, it can be really hard to watch your wife or your birth partner go through some really tough things. So I like that a lot. I would, I would say one of the things is like, don't panic. Like, yeah. no matter what, what's happening, like, because if you panic, then she starts panicking and things just go like crazy. So try to stay calm, even in like the worst situations is would be like one of my number one things. Yeah. Because um, then it just like gives her a little bit of reassurance, like, okay, like things are going to be fine and we can get through this. Like, just don't panic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the more you know, the less panicking there is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I like it.
So what would you say that the role of the husband is? No, I asked you. <laughs> I know, and my answer is clearly not good enough. No, so. no, no. You, about pregnancy. I was just I was just specifically talking about, like, she's probably going to set her own appointment. I was just throwing that out there. Yeah. Like, no, that's what you said. Was no, I'm just part. curious, like, what else is there? So, yeah. like, for pregnancy or for the birth part? I mean, anything, really. Okay, so for the pregnancy, it would kind of be those things, like I said, like, you could um, learn with her and then think about things like, how's her nutrition and how can I help support that? Or let's do our pregnancy exercises together. Like that's something my husband would do with me, right? Like, oh, pelvic rocks, okay. Like down on the floor, let's go. Um, or another thing my preg my pregnant my husband did was like, okay, you're supposed to be squatting every day, and he was really adamant that I do that, and I didn't know why, other than you know he finally found something he could tell me to do. You know, he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> yeah. um, anyways, <laughs> but I was so he was like. No, like for every minute you squat, I'm going to give you a minute massage at night. And I joke about that. I I'm like, that. I had an hour a night, every single night. I love massage. He knew it. It worked for both of us. And then I pushed in a squatting position for four and a half hours. Like there's anyway. So I just think that there's some ways that you can support like that. It's the same with, um, you know, doing meditation together, doing relaxation practice, just reminding of really positive things, going with her to her provider, asking questions, standing up for her, knowing the birth plan, everything that you guys mentioned. And then as far as birth, it's a lot of, I hope it's a lot of like hands-on things. You know, I hope that you are able to um, create a support team, a birth support team that allows you guys to be together really close the entire time so that you have that full support for her. That's why I really recommend hiring a doula or using the, the nurses and the birth assistants. Dad shouldn't necessarily be the one running around and getting heat packs and chapstick and, you know, making sure she's got food and stuff. A doula can take care of that so that you guys have this amazing bond. Dad never left, has to leave her side. Even if the only thing and it shouldn't be. But even if the only thing dad does is sit next to her and hold her hand and tell her she's doing great and he loves her, you have no idea the impact that that has. Like they've done studies when they um, started adding doulas into birth spaces and all the doula was to do was to stand there and hold space, as we call it. They stood there. They stood by her. Maybe they'd rub her hand or something. They literally did nothing, said nothing. There was no counter pressure. There was, it was just support of another person who believed in, in her and it made a huge impact so imagine being the person that got her pregnant you know in other words like this person you can be totally vulnerable with and you love so much and that person standing strong and that instead of like kicking back and being like i don't know what to do so like that's awkward for her it's awkward for you it's not connecting and so if you have all that stuff in play then anyways it can be this like life-changing not like it can be a life-changing experience for mom and dad forever you're going to hold that bond forever so i'm a little passionate about birth no, <laughs> couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> so, what I've heard you say doula a lot. So, what's the difference between a, like a midwife and a doula? Oh, the number one. What question. does doula mean? Like, where yeah, does what does that even mean? Such a weird like, name. Doula is from a Greek word. I can't remember the word, but it means <laughs> like it's a, a servant. Like it's so their job is to serve the mom. Um, that's something like you get asked all the time. Like when I told my mom I was becoming a doula, she's like, are you really qualified to catch babies? You know, and I'm like, I'm not catching any babies. I'm just here for emotional and physical support for mom and dad. So um, a midwife is someone who's going to be like checking heart tones and making sure baby's okay and be there to catch the baby. And if there's any emergency, reviving the baby or taking care of mom. And a doula is really like, I'm going to come in and get to know you guys as the couple. We're going to figure out how to make your relationship work really well. I want to know how you handle pain management. I want to know what birth education you have. I want to talk about relaxation practice and all that stuff. And then I want to get really deep on your birth plan to make sure that your preferences are met throughout. 
And then they're also, they can't be an advocate in the way that the dad can, where he can step up and say, nope, she don't want that. You know, we can't say that. We, we play a background role, but we can make sure that the questions, they get the correct questions to ask and the good information that might not be given them fully, especially during labor time. So for example, a nurse comes in and says, look, baby's heart rate doesn't look so good. I think we're going to have to either start talking C-section or maybe add Pitocin or they come in with some recommendation. And it's like, okay, that's really great. Let's wait for her to leave the room. And then we say, so this is what she said. And here's your options. What feels comfortable to you? And then she can have a conversation with the provider instead of when you're a new parent or even a seasoned parent, mom and dad together, and you're getting this information, you're in a stressful situation and you're bonded emotionally with this person um, that you're going through it with. And so it's a lot harder to kind of pull back and say, wait, does this make sense? And so when you have a third party that can say, here's your options, it's like all of a sudden you can take a breath and you can decide for yourself what you choose to do. So in a, in a sort of sense, a doula is kind of like a therapist. No. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Well, edit that out. Uh, <laughs> you do have that power. I, I don't know. Like, that's kind of what I... Maybe like a hands-on therapist. therapist. Yeah. yeah, just like an emotional support. I mean, a mediator. Support. Like, I understand what you're saying. We also do a lot of hands-on. So it's like, oh, like, mom's having, you know, pain in her lower back. Like, oh, let's change positions. Or same with, like... The nurse comes in and they're like, heart rate isn't good. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, we could talk cesarean, but maybe we just flip over to the other side and move around on the birth ball for a minute and see if it corrects itself. You know, there's just, they have a really um, comprehensive knowledge of what's normal during labor and during pregnancy. And so they can help facilitate just some answers and things. They're also like a great person to call, talk mucus plug. Those are my favorite text messages to get. It's like, hey, I think I lost my mucus plug. Can I send you a picture? I'm like, yes. I can't tell you how many pictures I had. On that, like, yes, mucus plug. I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure that's a mucus plug. Or it's like, hey, I think I'm having contractions. Their goal is to stay at home as long as possible. But they're like, but I'm having contractions. Should I go to the hospital? And it's like, oh, well, let's talk about that. You know, where are you feeling them? I listen to them over the phone. It's like, how does she sound? Is she talking to me? Is she able to talk through a contraction? So it helps gauge, like, when it's time for me to come and add extra support before they go into the hospital. And overall, that's going to leave them at home a little bit longer, which makes it less stressful, less likely that contractions are going to stop because of the adrenaline when you get to the hospital. And then she's got that support all the way through. So this person that knew her before pregnancy and is with her um, during labor gets to come into that new place, which can be a little like discombobulating is the word that's coming to mind. Um, and it makes it a little more comfortable. It's like, oh, I'm still safe because I have my support team, even though I'm in this new environment now during labor. So I, sure. A little bit of a therapist, okay, sure. Cool. Yes, we'll go with that. But it's a lot of like hands-on and knowledge and and everything like that. I have another question. Go. Here we go. What is so painful about birth? I've always wondered because I mean I'm sure that the the tearing stuff is painful and that makes sense. You but... know what's funny about the tearing is you don't feel the tearing when it's happening. Okay, so then I guess not. So <laughs> what is painful about her about birth? Um, it's it's the contractions and the different locations that baby is pushing on things. Um, what's interesting is if you talk to moms that have gone through um, like a natural birth process, a lot of times when they refer back to it, and it's not that pain wasn't involved, but the way that it's described is intensity. And I do think that there's a difference. So we can call it pain, and that's totally healthy and wonderful to do. You can absolutely call it that. But I like to call it discomfort, and I like to refer to it as intensity because even as I look back on my births, and my sister will probably laugh because I think the first text message I sent after my third was born, my first without an epidural, is I was like, get the epidural. Like, just get it. <laughs> um, but 
I like I looked back and I'm like, no, it's so empowering. So what your uterus is doing is it's got muscles that run long ways and around and it's contracting. And so as that happens and that cervix is opening, there's just a lot of pressure and a baby moving through your body. It's a lot to be going on. But that's why it's so important to like, what can we do prior to birth? And I'm going to link this in the show notes. But if you guys haven't downloaded the exercise guide, it's three free exercises that are going to make your birth more comfortable and easy. So I want you to do that. And the the main reason for that is because it has to do with the position of the baby. So if we're working really hard to do what we can prior, we're eating healthy, we've got regular, um, you know, pregnancy exercises, taking care of ourselves and doing the work, then it becomes a little bit easier and more comfortable when we're talking about, oh, I remember what position she said to do, or I remember to use the rebozo when I feel discomfort in these areas, or if my contractions are sporadic, or if I feel like I can't get on top of them, there's, there's things that you can do. Without having a uterus, I have no way to accurately answer your question. <laughs> yeah. And although I don't have a uterus, I did break my femur. So I have a good reference of So he's basically gone pain. through birth. I mean, pretty much, right? Right. Between that and being constipated, it's like pretty much the same thing, right? Constipation and a broken femur is pretty much the same thing. I have heard kidney stones as a like similar. So I've had kidney stones since having babies. If you have any of you had kidney stones? No. Okay. Well, none of you count. Okay. Um, No. But I, I like it comes like the pain comes in waves and it gets stronger and closer together and so it's very similar. I've heard it referenced that way. It's not exact, but like as as much as you could say like oh that's similar to contraction waves and pain that follows along with it. I mean that's that's something that I've heard and I feel like I agree a little bit with that. So I can't speak to the femur though. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> how um similar are like period cramps versus contractions that's actually a really good question so a lot of the times if i get a text from a mom and she's like i'm having i feel like i'm having contractions and she's explaining to me i feel like it's like period cramps so it's either like down low right in the uterus or in the back as soon as she starts saying and wrapping around to the front that's when I'm like, oh yeah, that's probably early labor. So a lot of women describe it like that early labor. As you get going into your actual labor process, like where it gets very active and you have no doubt that what you're feeling is a contraction, then that intensity changes a little bit. But certainly in the beginning, it's actually really, from what I have heard, it's very, very similar. I don't know that that was my experience per se, but that's a really common one. Okay, you guys, this was super fun. I want to thank everyone for your great idea, <laughs> Corbin, <Heck yeah. laughs> to jump on here and be so willing to talk about birth. I like. I was hoping this would be like a hilarious and fun episode, and it was, but I actually think this was like gold. I hope that everyone listening is like, I am going to have my husband or birth partner listen to this. Also, again, for the single ladies, just go ahead and reach out. I have some guys <laughs> that know a thing or two about birth. And Maybe that was my master plan. That was it. Only two of them. <laughs> All right, till next week. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.